This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's Hockey Show sans Judd Zolgad, that is. Declan Goff and A.J. Fredrickson here instead to take you through an edition of Wild Vent Line. That's A.J., I'm Declan. What's going on? Judd's enjoying his uh, 40th wedding anniversary. Maybe enjoying um, in parentheses, A.J., because I'm sure Judd is hot right now. Uh, (laughs) I I did get a text from him. He said he picked up two cases of Spotted Cow. Because Wisconsin, yep. Um, his wife's enjoying some champagne, so they are enjoying their 30th wedding anniversary. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if I get a very evening Judd from the bar, wherever he is at, or the hotel room uh, in Wisconsin, as he's upset for the Wild after a Game Four loss. Uh, the Wild fall to the Stars today. Uh, they even up the series two games apiece, so the uh, series goes back to Dallas now on Tuesday. Games five and seven, if necessary, in Dallas. Game six will be back here in St. Paul, I believe, on Friday. Um, game of poor officiating, AJ. I've never been. I've never been a big uh, blame officials guy by any means. No. Uh, that being said, the two calls on Felino. I know you. You know you kind of tweeted that that was the worst possible outcome for for the first one that happened, and then obviously the uh, the Stars take a timeout after the second one and they cash in from there. So unfortunately, the Wild uh, get bit a little bit by poor officiating, but still missed opportunities. I think too were kind of a theme for the Wild tonight. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm i with you, too. I'm never one of those guys that's like, the ref screwed us, blah, blah, blah. But there's a million, quite literally millions of instances, each and every hockey game that can go whatever way, and that's going to greatly affect the outcome. For instance, Kaprizov buries a open backdoor goal instead of, you know, skying it past, uh, past Ottinger and totally missing. That probably changes how things go. Or multiple breakaways earlier in the game, maybe they score on those. That might change how things go. But uh, but yeah, no. In in the middle of January, I think that officiating you can probably brush it aside and look past. In the NHL playoffs, neither of those interference is not the call there. Yeah. I I could I could understand maybe charging. There's an argument there for it. Interference is not the call. Uh, but that's what it goes in as the book as. So I'm going to be mad about it. And then tripping there. <laughs> I, I have a hard time seeing how that's a trip. Uh, the uh, Marchman dives out of the way, and granted, they clip each other a little bit, but he stays on his feet, so I'm not sure how you can argue that's a trip, but, you know, I'll digress. Um, Jay Gottinger was the show tonight. He was the full attraction. That's what people uh, ended up essentially paying their tickets to see because he was a goalie robot tonight. The, the Wild just couldn't really crack him. It took a weird deflection in the top of the slot for Klingberg to then get a knuckle puck on it. Like that puck was not sitting flat. That was standing upright on his blade. And he whipped that thing like a lacrosse ball, essentially top corner. So 
Um, but besides that one flaw, Jake Ottinger, perfect tonight. That's the type of performances that <laughs> the Wild better hope that they don't see the rest of the series because if they do, Dallas might as well, uh, you know, check their uh, their ch- their ticket into round two because they are going to have an easy time beating the Wild with that type of performance in the back end of things. By the way, this is Wild Ventline too. So if you want to get on a on on this episode uh, with AJ and myself and voice your frustrations, voice maybe some other things that come up uh, later on in the series, hit me up. Uh, it's VikingsVentline at gmail.com. I know it's a little confusing, but it's VikingsVentline at gmail.com for the YouTube audience. It's scrolling across the bottom of your screen right now. This has been a place for you. We welcomed over 20 guests on uh, the last one. I know that was a win. We are celebrating happier times on this podcast. But uh, if you have some frustrations, whether it's on the referees or the Wild itself. Or if you're even a Dallas Stars fan, we welcome everyone here on Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, so if you want to come on Wild Ventline, shoot me an email. Again, vikingsventline at gmail.com. AJ, I think what was so telling to me, too, is um, you've seen a lot of playoff games. I know you and I, are, you're like four years younger than I am, but you can remember yeah. most of all wild playoff runs. Um, this was only the, this could have been the first time two things could have happened in this series. Mm-hmm. The Wild missed an opportunity to go up 2-0 in the series when the game was obviously in Dallas for game two, that that's never happened. Yep. They also could have went up three games to one tonight. If they had won, that's also never happened. I know it's different franchises, different players, different coaches, but I don't know what it is about this franchise. that just can't put teams away, but this was an opportunity to bid it basically put the Dallas stars away with three games left if necessary in the series. And they weren't able to do it. And to me, that I think that's what's always just so frustrating about this franchise. And they showed, talk about Sunday scaries. They showed up a, a graphic late in the game on the Wild. At the, at the point, we're down by two goals. And it was in their last eight game fours. The Wild are one and seven. One and seven. That doesn't, that doesn't help my odds. Um, granted, you know, it's a completely different year. It's a completely different team. But if you're uh, right. one of those people that are a little superstitious and love to uh, put your nose in the history books, that does not probably sit well with you heading into a game uh, game five. Yeah, I think that's what's so frustrating. You have now possibly you know two more games in Dallas. The Wilder only guaranteed one more home game the rest of this series. Uh, we'll see what obviously happens on mm-hmm. Tuesday in Dallas, 7 p.m. start two. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, just, just a missed opportunity, I think, for the Wild to not go out there and potentially uh, put this team away and put Dallas on ice a little bit. I thought game three was basically played perfectly right from start to finish. Yeah. Um, game one was, you know, double overtime. I wouldn't say it was fluky, but you had to really grind that out. It was certainly not a clean product in the win. And this evening, um, outside of, to your point, Jake Ottinger, I mean, the wild had eight on one odd man rushes at one point, uh, numerous opportunities, power plays, et cetera. And they just couldn't put them away. And I think that's what was, uh, what was so frustrating for me to see. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough because there's only so much you can do as a fan watching from your couch at home where it's like, you you get these chances and the thing is about some of those chances decks i would say at times a little too cute a little i, I feel like for most of the mm-hmm. 60 minutes tonight it was too much extra pass sometimes simplify it down you don't like think about it as fractions guys you don't need to think about it as four eighths that's just one half sometimes you just gotta let the thing fly because i know Ottinger's seen the puck well and you're trying to really solve that rubik's cube of him between the, the pipes but you're going to beat them with garbage goals. And how you get that is a shot on goal with that very juicy rebound. And you just have to have green sweaters crash in the net. And I feel like a lot of the times tonight, not that they didn't have a lot of good chances. I felt like there could have been more. It's just, it was negated by, you know, an errant pass that I think maybe felt unneeded. 
For sure. Uh, we have a couple wild guests lined up here on Wild Vent Line. Again, if you want to get in on this episode, shoot me a note. It's vikingsventline at gmail.com. I'd love to hear as, from as many wild fans as possible. Uh, we'll start off with Matt here. Matt's outside. Matt, hey, what's, what's up, going buddy? on? Not too much. How you guys doing? I'm on the West okay. Coast over here. <laughs> okay. Uh, what a frustrating game. I mean, how do you have six breakaways and not net a single one of those? I mean, we played like a bunch of Kevin Fiala's tonight. <laughs> Just so bad. I mean, you can blame the refs, I guess, for a couple, but when you have that many opportunities, you got to capitalize. Absolutely. I love the Kevin Fiala comparison, too, there, Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, Fiala's been a great regular season player. Uh, You know, whereas also on on the same topic, though, where has Matt Boldy been? Right? I mean, mean, that's also been. Your two best scores are just nowhere. Yeah. They definitely need um, a little bit more from them. Matt, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, Age, I. I know they, the the Wilds broadcast was kind of celebrating that, and, and rightfully so going into this. Hey, they've gotten depth scoring, right? They've gotten yeah. scoring from just about everyone not named Kirill, which was a problem last year. Well, now conversely, it's been four games. I believe, what, just one goal for Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, Matt Boldy has been a complete ghost. Your two best players. I understand if one of them gets shut down, and mm-hmm. mostly Kirill uh, for that matter, but you can't have both of them get shut down. And right now, neither the the two best players on the ice for the wild during the regular season have really shown up through the first four games of this playoff series. Yeah. And it doesn't help when, I mean, I know the other night, Friday, Matt Zuccarello reemerged and it, it seemed to be a kind of series altering performance from him where he, he went out and it, it just kind of took matters into his own hands. But I felt like tonight, maybe we saw him do the Homer Simpson gif and just kind of back, back into the bushes and, you know, you, you lost sight of him. Um, but yeah, no, Kirill, I, I, I think it's just Dallas is playing him very well and they're getting the right guys out against him. He is still doing, I think, stuff off the puck that we expect from Kirill Kaprizov. There was a goal down in Dallas where he had that stick lift on, I want to say it was Heiskanen, maybe Hockenpah right out front that allowed Johansson to score a goal um, off a deflection. So, um, I don't want to say that he's totally ghosting it because he still is, I think, producing in some way, shape, and form. But when it comes to Matt Boldy, we do need to see more. And I love Matt Boldy, so I hate saying that I'm like he's letting me down. But we need more from him, simply. Um, and the thing is, that line of his was buzzing in the first period. They were yeah. part of that momentum. The fourth line got it really kicked off where they had a really good shift. And then that Boldy line got out there, and they were moving the puck around the offensive zone, getting chances. They were just funneling pucks to the front of the net just couldn't beat Ottinger which was the story all night but it seemed like up until the the Klingberg goal what I saw what I saw was a lot of the wild almost it's without seeing that puck go in they almost felt like you saw them get discouraged like Mm -hmm. okay well you know we're not we're just not going to do it tonight Um, and then you saw that resurgence obviously after the goal but uh, I do need more from Matt Boldy he's a guy that we saw him for a month straight, just light it up and be one of the best players in the league. We can't have that be in the regular season and then disappear in the playoffs. Like we've seen with a guy like Kevin Fiala too. I would <laughs> wild fans deserve better than that. No, absolutely. Uh, and for, you know, wild fans who are, we're used to Kevin Fiala not showing up, which was always very, very frustrating for them. You know, they want to see Matt Boldy who has been streaky too at times. Like, even though you mentioned that over the last two months of season, he was one of the better forwards in the NHL and look, he's got a bright future in front of him. He's still only 22 years old or so. Uh, but you need your star players to show up here in the postseason. And to your Zuccarello point, I know he was great in game three, but he was awful in the first two games. I thought tonight, um, again, just numerous 
turnover, you know, drive killing plays, if you will, to steal a football analogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Gustav Nyquist has been, in my opinion, like one of the best players in the ice for for the Wild here. Yeah. And now with Kirill, I mean, basically still being kind of non-existent through four games. I know they love keeping Zuccarello and Kaprizov together because they're basically best buddies and they have this amazing chemistry over a long period of time. But it's two to two. Your star player isn't going here. Like if I'm Dean and I see comments of people saying like if they start Mark Andre Fleury in Game Five, I'm gonna blow my, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna lose my absolute mind. And we'll go down that path here in a little bit. But I think that's one move you can make. Put Nyquist on with Kirill Kaprizov. Let the best player in the ice this series get get going here, and hopefully mm-hmm. Gustav Nyquist could be that guy. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to say that after the performance we saw on Friday night from him. Because that was a, I, I think I heard you guys mention it. Like somebody probably talked to him behind the scenes of, hey, this is one more chance. We can maybe afford you doing one more bad game. But if you don't show us something here, you're, I don't think they would sit him. Because I think Matt Zuccarello, we saw when he's on, he's on. But I, I would love to see Nyquist, the guy that since being re-entered in the lineup, uh, coming back from injury, at almost a point per game guy. I mean, he, yeah. he, he's been playing phenomenally. Um, he's great on that right side of the ice. He's got the speed uh, to drive the play up. And if they moved him up to the top line, I don't think a single person would bat an eye about it. Let's go uh, next to Luca here on wild bent line. Hey, Luca, what's up, bud? Uh, I'm just, you know, taking everything. And after that game, um, the first thing I kind of want to, I noticed was, um, Ott, and Ott, Ott had a great game. You know, he stole the game from the wild numerous times. Uh, but one thing I noticed is um, a lot of the shot, there was just a couple of instances where the shots the wild took were maybe not ideal or they were, you know, I get it. The NHL is a fast paced league and, you know, take a shot whenever you can. But I feel like there was just times where their shot selection could have been better. And instead of trying to, you know, roof it instinctively, maybe, you know, either keep moving and look for another guy or just, take a better shot, but I just didn't like a lot of the shots and the clutch moments, like you were saying earlier with like the power or the uh, breakaway. And then just some of the um, slot shots as well. Um, And then the last thing I just want to mention is the power play, right? We got that one power play, but that was kind of, that was a six on four thing. I wouldn't really count too much in that, but uh, I heard something on the broadcast right before the game started. We were three of 16 before this game. And now I don't ex- I don't know exactly what our numbers are now, but that's got to improve because every team that's every game that's won by other team has gotten at least one goal in the uh, power play. And again, not counting that wacky goal um, at the end by the Wild with the six on four. But uh, we just got to uh, convert better on the power play. And I don't know if that's a schematic thing or it's just pucks not going our way. But you know, I just think things need to change. And I'll ask before I go is I'm not gonna give my answer but i just want to know what do you guys think do you think dean plays flower or do you think they roll with gus one more game so thank you guys for having me on thanks luke i appreciate yeah, it thank you. um age i i think they stick with gustafson mm-hmm. i think i i agree i don't i wouldn't be up in arms about the change but i would very much question it would be the same thing as going into game two that that would be like to to luca's point kind of with the power play you're just doing it for the sake of doing it almost at that point. Um, I would, I would lean towards maybe not like a 50, 50, but more, more so heavily and just rock with Gustafson. You got to think about the two opportunities that uh, probably shouldn't have been there for the stars to score. And that was coming off of the power play. I'm not going to fault the gold thunder on some of the, you know, power play goals because, you know, they are playing shorthanded um, to his point of talking about the power play though, to steal the, the line from um, the movie miracle, 
We're not weaving for weaving's sake, gentlemen. We're not passing for the sake of just passing. Do it with an intention. I, it, it seemed like there was no direction. There was no like end goal. It's just, okay, we're going to try to get it over here and let's see who, who maybe drifts out of position so then we can get to the middle of the ice. We saw it later in the game when they were really zipping it around, but it was just like so lax days ago. Okay, I guess we'll move over to the right side. Now to the half wall. Uh, should I shoot here? No, let's just pass. Do something. If you're going to do it, have a plan. And I'm sure there was a plan, but it seemed like there wasn't. Um, do it with a little more urgency. It's, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's tough to have the, the stars capitalize on the power plays that they did. And then the wild just come up empty until very, very late in the game. So um, I'm sure, but I'm sure they'll work on something here. And I, this is where I want to see Dean. And I know you and uh, Judd and Jesse have mentioned this a lot throughout the season and leading up to the playoffs that the coaching of Dean Evison, I think is going to be put on test here because power plays and just special teams is what's been essentially winning these series, uh, these games in the series so far. You saw it in game one, Dallas lights out. I mean, it, what they had 13 seconds of power play time and two goals. So the wild need to get that figured out moving into game five um, because you don't want, as I've seen a lot on Twitter tonight and even in the chat here, it's the, the refs are in, in, to an extent at fault, but they're not the reason why the wild lost this game. Not the sole reason at least. So um, you need to get that figured out and take matters more into your own hands. Yeah. You got to have uh, you got to kind of grab the bowl there and take it down with you. So let's see what the wild can do potentially for adjustments in game five. Again, that's Tuesday now in Dallas, we the 7 PM central puck drop too. So not on, not 8.40, which is 8.50, which is whatever the hell they like to manipulate the time. Uh, it is a 7 o'clock puck drop uh, for mm-hmm. the Minnesota Wild in Dallas for Game 5 uh, on Tuesday. We'll keep the Wild uh, calls moving here. We'll go next to David. Hey, David. What's up, pal? Good to see you again. Good to see you guys, too. Um, I think it's very frustrating game. Bad calls aside, um, you have two one-on-zero breakaways. You don't score. Mm-hmm. You have two almost wide open nets and you're standing almost in the crease and you miss them. That hurts. Especially if Felino's just right there, just, just tap the dang thing in. Um, I, the buttons to push for Everson aren't a ton. I feel like because there's with Eck out probably for Wednesday. Um, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about Nyquist moving up, bringing Zuccarello, uh, Zuccarello down, whatnot. Is there that many more buttons to push? And, I the other thing I'll say before I get off is what is it about Minnesota teams that when the opportunity is there to put the foot on the damn throat, we never take it. And is that a player thing? Is that a coaching thing? I mean, is that sport specific? But there is never a team that is just taking their foot and stopped it down on an opponent's throat in the playoffs like this. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, David. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I brought up to AJ uh, point blank uh, to start the show was great opportunity here and they've never they've been in the playoffs almost like 50 percent of their entire franchise history they've never gone up 2-0 in a series they've never been up three to one in a series um in different years different teams all that stuff it doesn't matter this franchise has never ever been able to do that and it's kind of remarkable the the math of you not the math of you going to the playoffs that many times and you don't just luck your way <laughs> stumble just trip and fall over yourselves into good situations and the Wild have not been able to do that. It's unreal. The amount of jealousy I see or I feel when I see other teams just go up like 3-0 or even seeing Boston just go up 3-1 in their series today. 
I'm like, God, I wish the wild could just do that. Give me, give me one solid night of sleep between games without thinking like, Oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? I just want to feel that peace, that comfort in the playoffs just once. And I haven't felt that with the wild. A few more wild fans here lined up on wild Ben line, by the way, hit the subscribe button. This is Judd's hockey show. Sam's Judd Zolgad, who's enjoying his uh, 30th wedding anniversary. That's AJ Fredrickson. I'm Declan Goff. Uh, if you want daily Minnesota sports entertainment, hit that subscribe button for uh, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. That is, uh, you got flagrant howls later tonight with Kyle Tige and Phil Mackey as well. So if you're a Wolves fan looking for that content, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but this is Judd's hockey show. We recap Minnesota wild news. So if the, this is the first time you're discovering us, thank you. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. We're going to go next to Matt here. Hi, Matt. What's up, bud? Hey. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, one comment. If you take out the first or last four minutes of the second and the first four of the third, I think this is one of the best showings we've had. It just happens in those eight minutes. We sold the farm. Um, I think uh, somebody's got to talk to Felino because, uh, as I said to you, he's running around. He was chasing after things. He was he was looking to get that penalty. I mean, jumps, throws his feet out. Like it was just. I mean, he's he was kind of a mess tonight, and I think uh, I think somebody's got to talk to him. Maybe bring Sunquist in, give him a give him a a rest. They're kind of the same player, and and uh, might bring the same the same spark, but might just freshen up the lineup and and give him a a chance to kind of think about two very dumb penalties that he shouldn't have taken. Matt, good point, man. Thanks for coming on Wild Event Line. Age, what do you make of that? Because like Marcus is a guy who he's a he's a noticeable player on the ice, even when he's yes. maybe doing things like that, which are noticeable in obviously negative ways. But obviously in game three, he was great. Um, he's always kind of gonna have a full head of steam and going after guys. But like where do you I guess where where do you kind of draw the line of is he, you know, playing, you know, foolishly? Is he doing the right things and just getting penalized for it? Cause he's just that kind of player. Where do you kind of draw the line there with Polino? Um, first things first, Matt, unbelievable flow. Did you see the dual exhaust on him, Dex? I got to see what good product stuff, he's Matt. got. That was great. Stuff, but uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to Foligno, I'm I personally disagree. I I personally loved the play of him tonight because I don't think either penalty was necessarily deserved. He was one of. The, I mean, think about Friday night. He was such a big factor in in, in the team's momentum and just getting the hometown crowd to just go ballistic for 60 straight minutes because he was playing the same way. Maybe it was a little more reckless tonight because he, maybe he felt like I played it so well. Let's see if I can push the the boundaries a little bit more here, but interference is not the right call there. I don't think tripping is the right call. I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong. It's just, he missed a body check at one point and he laid a perfectly legal hit on another. So, um, he he's he's trying to he knows his role and i think i'm not gonna penalize him for that he's a physical guy he's not this guy that we've seen maybe um over the past couple seasons where for some reason he gets up to 20 25 plus goals um he's not maybe the you're not gonna have him be a fighter or anything like that in the playoffs i despite it coming back to bite the wild i actually really enjoyed uh felino's play tonight and i hope he doesn't change anything going into game five 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Well, and AG was honestly struggling there towards the end of the reg- towards like the last 10 games or so of the regular season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing up to par. And I mean, hell, even Judd even called, is he going to be scratched? Like, is there, is, there a, is there a chance that he could be scratched at some point this series? He's been playing his ass off the last two games that, yeah, yeah I, you definitely can't. He's the heartbeat of that team. Bill Guerin loves that guy. Um, there's a reason he's got an A on his sweater. Like he does mean a, an awful lot to that team. And yeah, there are moments where maybe emotions get the best of them. But yes, but I don't think it's uh, in a detriment. I know that sounds weird because he got called for two penalties tonight, but I'm kind of with yeah. you. I, I kind of lean more on the phantom penalty scale than I do Marcus's not using his head type of scale. Um, it's a it's a tough place to be when you're someone like Felino who plays with your heart on your sleeve, but wow, need that. Like I, I'd rather have that guy on the team than this team being a lifeless bunch of woe is me kind of guys where they don't know what to do when adversity hits, right? Like Marcus Polino is mm-hmm. always going to be that kind of guy that tries, tries to spark them. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's keep it moving. Wild vent line. We're going to go next to Griff. Hey Griff, what's up, dude, man. I'm so pissed. I'm so fired <laughs> up. I haven't calmed down yet. Um, I know the wild were a little too cute tonight. They missed a ton of open shots and like Ottinger played great. But those two horrible calls, I think, really define the game and are just like that's what's sticking with me. Um, and now I'm I don't know what Dean's gonna do for Game Five in Dallas with the goalie situation. But now I'm worried that like, you know, does he put does he does he ride Gus and then we lose and now Flurry's in for Game Six and elimination and I I just don't know. But I'm stressed, man. Yeah, Griff, it's tough, man. Stay in there, okay? Thanks for calling a wild vent line, though. Appreciate it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Poor Griff. Yeah, that I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they give it to Flurry. I wouldn't give it to Flurry. I don't no. think he deserves it, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, I yeah, I don't, I don't envy the decision that they have to make. Um, going back to it, that that's what in changing the topic from the goalie here. That's what separates teams that are going to win the Stanley Cup and teams that don't. You can't let those two calls define the game for you. You have to take matters into into your own hands because every team that makes the playoffs, aside from some years, is a very good team. The parity that you see in the NHL, anybody has a shot anytime. And the Wild are a good enough team, I feel like, to where I know you get scored on on both of those power plays against Felino, but you had so many chances. You can't let just those two calls define the game and turn things around. And now you're kicking, you know, a can up and down the street. Like, Oh, woe is me go out there and put a puck in the back of the net. Um, and but Griff does bring up a really good point because I'm going to wrestle with that for the next 48 hours. If you go Gustafson again, I don't think he played a bad game, but let's say they lose. You almost feel obligated to then make the change and go yeah. flurry for, for game six. But then it's like, well, now he sat for a full week or so. It's elimination game. Everything's ramped up. And it almost feels like what we saw last year again. And who knows what happens if he can, you know, pull a game out of uh, out of a dark spot. So it, I don't envy 
Dean and the rest of the coaching staff for the decision they have to make here. All right, let's go next to Brady here. Brady, what's going on? What's up, boys? How are you? Good. So I, I'm the biggest Kaprizov stand there is in the world. And the problem is, is you look back at like what Boldy was before we brought in Johansson. Like he was no, he was a non-factor. You bring in Johansson and all of a sudden Boldy's the guy again. He puts up one of the best months we've ever seen. Well, you look at Zuccarello, he, he'll circle around the net and then have a wide open net and not shoot the puck. He'll throw it across the ice before he shoots it. Zuccarello can't play on the boards. He can't play defense. Unless he is making those tic-tac passes, tic-tac-toe passes, he's a nothing. Like, how do you not have someone else up there? You could put Dewar up there, and he'd do better than what Zuccarello is doing right now. I think he's got to get scratched, and I think Sunquist has to be thrown a third line, and you put Nyquist up on the first line. I think it's un- easy. Lo- love the hot take, man. Thanks for coming on Wild Vent Line. Thank I you. appreciate that. I I I love that so much. Scratch, I I respect so huh? yeah that I that's not where I expected it to go. Scratch Zuccarello <laughs> is uh, a, a step further than what I would say, but I agree with him completely. He's uh um he's been a liability other than Friday night, and it's uh, it's something that we saw that I expected him to snap out of in Kaprizov absence, where Zuccarello was just kind of a non-factor every single night, and then I expected when he came back in, go ahead and you know flip the light switch back to peanut butter and jelly. We're going to score goals. We're going to have fun. And that just really hasn't been the case. So um, I think you got one game to do it. If you don't do it next game, you're certainly not doing it for, for the game following when you're down three, one, but um, if you're going to do it, I think it's an easy swap of Zuccarello Nyquist, just flip flop. them. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go next to uh, John here. Hey, John, you're on wild vent line, sir. How are you doing? Hey, John. I am very sad. That's that's all I'm doing. Um, yeah, those penalties were pretty tough on Felino, but like um, your partner just said, you know who talks about bad calls and penalties? The losers. That's who talks about those. Um, I may be mistaken, but I think Jared Spurgeon had two goals for the Dallas Stars tonight, one going off his calf and one being tipped by him on the way of the net. Even so. Coming into tonight, if I did my math right, he had a 1.5 goal against with a 960 save percentage. I don't know how many shots I had tonight, but um, three goals, two were fluky. That shouldn't even be a discussion. Um, Boldy did hit a post tonight, I, but a lot of the, a lot of the game, it seemed like I was watching Victor Rask handle the puck just getting clobbered, knocked off the puck all night long. He's got to be stronger on his stick. Um, I think Middleton and Spurgeon are struggling. They were, what, negative three in game two, and two goals go off Spurgeon tonight. That's that's hurting pretty bad. And um, I like the idea about moving uh, Gustav to the first line, but right now he's not playing against first-line defensemen. He's playing against third-line folks. And he's excelling. So are we hurting ourselves more by putting him on stronger competition? Are we we helping? Or do we just take advantage of the points he's getting off third-line folks? So I'll be there Tuesday night, but I'm pretty dejected right now. All right, John. 
Cheer him on, man. Appreciate yeah. you coming hey, on. Hey, cheer man. up too. Crack yeah. a beer. Yeah, it's only two to two. Okay, I'll I'll be the Minnesota optimist here just for a little bit. It's two to two. This is not life support yeah. yet, so no. you're still fine. You got three games here to play with if necessary. You can put them away. The next two, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gustav Nyquist. I believe only like twelve and a half minutes to or twelve fifty of five on five or, or ice time. I should say today. That dude deserves more. I know John's point of well, is he going to be moving up against competition? He's going to be playing against tougher players for sure. But I think Dean has to reward that, right? Like I. I don't look at that as like, oh, because Marcus Foligno playing so well and Goudreau, you know, is playing a little bit ahead of his skis because X out. Like, you got to put Nyquist, I think, with the best player in the world right now, which is, or best player in the wild, I should say, which is Kirill Kaprizov. Like, I don't think you can be afraid or crippled to do that. No, no, not at all. Um, it, when it comes to the defense, I it, it's one of those things where you're gonna you're gonna think they had a bad game just because they got scored on three times, and God, I mean. I don't, I think Spurgeon's one of those guys where he gets overlooked, even for, uh, even with, you know, the team you're rooting for. Uh, if he was, a, oh, yeah. a, if he was wearing the, the Toronto Maple Leaf blue, he would be a guy that is talked about as like a, a top two D pairing guy across the league for every single team. I, th- I feel like he gets overlooked and I know the size isn't there. And I know that he doesn't throw like these booming body checks that you see like a guy like Jacob Tr- Truba do with the, uh, with the Rangers, but he has the C on his chest for a reason. He has to play a certain style of game given his attributes and characteristics, and he does it so, so well. If you take him out of the lineup, I think Brodeen is probably the best defensive defenseman on the wild, but Spurgeon is right there at number two, and he would be a noticeable absence if for some reason he was gone. So I don't want to harp on him um, because he does it so consistently each, you know, each night you're out there, but um when he does have a bad game, he's not exempt from criticism. You know, I I, I think he got to dish that out fair and square to everybody. But I, I don't think Spurgeon necessarily was the issue tonight on the backside. There, there's bigger issues to talk about when it comes to the Wilds' defensive lacking. A couple post game uh, quote notes here that are trickling in um, yeah. since uh, reporters are down there and whatnot. Uh, Marcus Foligno on his penalties, he used one word to describe him: B U L L S H I T. End quote. Um, he did not spell it out. I'm spelling it out because I uh, can't say the word on this. Po- well, I, I, I'm recommended to not say the word on this podcast. I should it's say. A good thing I can't spell. That's yeah. for sure. Okay, both of us are saying Cloud State graduates, so <laughs> good thing I spelled it out for that exact reason. <laughs> um, Peter DeBoer saying we quote had to win that game, and then uh, Felino carried on with his uh, with his with his assessment, saying quote It's a joke. It doesn't make any sense. I go to hit a guy who touches a puck. It's not interference. I go, I get a high stick in the face. It's not a tripping call. When you hit a guy clean on, it is BS, end quote. So, um, yeah, I mean, team, the team's obviously very uh, pissed off because of the officiating, rightfully so. They do mention um, this from also Joe Smith, the athletic, I should say, too, that um, although the officiating was a problem, they look at the lack of odd man rushes and the fact the Stars are 7 for 16 on the power play this uh, this series so far, age. So, I mean, seven of those goals coming from the man advantage, as much as the officiating can be a problem, and certainly wasn't those two, can't be letting in basically 50% or so of, of power play opportunities. No, no, not at all. I think what what's like the old rule of thumb, PK is supposed to be up around 80%. Mm-hmm. Power play is supposed to be about like 20 to 25, and that's respectable. Like, you're, nobody, you're not going to be super up in arms about it. <laughs> Almost half is terrible. I mean, granted... I, I know the top dogs for Dallas, they get the job done, and they are a, a lethal assassin team on the power play, but the Wild have to be better. And I know you're missing Eric Sinek, but you, you can't 
you can't just let that be a reason to just like roll over and let them just fire shots and shots and shots and get these great opportunities. One, I, I know you can just try to stay out of the box, but obviously we've seen with tonight, that's not always the case of you, you, you really don't have a say in that. Sometimes you just have to be better on the penalty kill. Special teams are going to come down to be the determining factor of this series. That's going to be the main story other than maybe goaltending because the goaltending, I think on both sides has been pretty solid uh, through what the first four games mm-hmm. it's, it's special teams. And so the wild need to clean that up. And on the other side of things, they need to get better on the power play because they had opportunities to, to, to do that too. That just couldn't, I mean, they, like, and I don't want to keep reiterating what I said um, earlier at the opening of the show, but the power play just didn't look like they had that, that it factor tonight. They didn't really look like they had that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Danny. Um, they, they didn't look like they had that urgency to really, and I know that sounds dumb because it's the, it's the uh, playoffs and it's a power play opportunity at home, but they just didn't look like they had that like mission of we're scoring and that's that like, there's no question about it. We're finding the back. And it was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll try to get some momentum here. I want you to actually try out or try to score, put the puck through the goalie's chest. If needed, like go out there and actually do it. Age, what do you make of um, other possible lineup changes? So Sunquist was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Been out of the lineup a little bit. Do you take out Ryan Reeves at all? I mean, with Felino going the way he is I, like Reeves has Reeves is Reeves. I don't think he's been a detriment. I don't think he's been a, you know, can't miss player either in this series like is there a swap you could make there are you staying away from that what would you kind of do with the lineup tweaking yeah and your your point again uh, about ryan reeves i think is exactly the issue is he's you're not really noticing him and that's not bad but that's also not great because i feel like that's the guy you almost want to notice for a certain reason and that and that's because he's he's throwing that big hit or he's getting under the skin of the opposition and I just really haven't seen that. I, the one time I noticed him tonight was there was a, uh, a Ottinger covered a puck up on the top of his crease and Reeves stood over him and nobody in a white sweater for Dallas, like came up to be and granted, I don't think they're really going to pick a fight with him, but it's one of those, he didn't look like he was intimidating or like getting under the skin. Like I think his role should be Sunquist. Um, I mean, he, he played great the other night, but I wouldn't be surprised because you don't need, I think, two of those guys, especially with the way that I think the series now has shifted over the last 60 minutes of play. And I'm not saying it's a totally different series now or anything, but it was so physical. First game, second game, third game. Tonight, it seemed like maybe as many body checks weren't connecting and maybe you didn't see um, as many after whistle scrums. It looked like Dallas was able to kind of play the game that they know they're going to be able to win the series with, which is if we just play skilled hockey and try to, you know, uh, you know, set up the zone um, they're they're going to be the team that can win that style. The wild need to either get back to that nitty gritty. We're going to go at it after every single whistle and every period is going to be like 40 minutes long uh, in real lifetime. Whereas that first period flew by and that's the hockey that, Dallas wants to play and granted the wild had a lot of really, really good chances. They just couldn't capitalize. So 60 minutes of that Dallas is going to win that. But if the wild can get a little mix of both a little half calf 50, 50, I think they can win that style. And that's where Ryan Reeves does factor in. So it, it's either they fully commit to playing that style of, uh, of game, or you have to make some changes and that's where it's on Dean. 
Absolutely. Game five in Dallas uh, on Tuesday night. So we'll see uh, what the heck happens with the Wild there. If they can come back to St. Paul with a potential lead. If not, uh, someone's going up with uh, three games of two by the end of that one. And the Wild could be there having their season on life support in St. Paul on Friday. Or uh, they could have a chance, obviously, to close out the series in front of the XL2. Uh, we will have a pie chart tomorrow, by the way. It will be me and Mackie on Mackie and Judd, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Getting some pie charts. The Wolves are uh, going on right now, too. So, Flagrant Howells, check that out. Plus, Purple Daily. Uh, we are four days away from the uh, NFL draft party with Surly Brewing Up Park Tavern. We're jacked for that. So, plenty of mock drafts galore uh, coming at you on Purple Daily over the next 72 hours. Again, plus uh, Wild Playoff and maybe even maybe another Wolves Playoff. We'll see what happens here. They're trying to keep their season alive. Luckily, uh, Age and I just stick to our hockey lane here. We won't give any uh, any too much, too many more uh, NBA takes. Oh. Although I'm sure we could, you know, call, uh, come up with a few. We can we can cut a few takes there as well. Yeah, I I think we could go. You know, we could do a little Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens tag team. There we go. We could God cut a promo for there sure. There we go. Let's uh, we'll, we'll get a wrestling podcast fired up too. Like just, <laughs> just a side note, Phil Mack and I. Talk, if, if if him and I are a couple uh, cocktails in on a Friday night, we're both watching SmackDown. He always says, "Why don't we just start a wrestling podcast, dude?" I'm with you. We should totally start one. Uh, age, final thoughts here before we uh, wrap up on Judd's Hockey Show? Uh, take a deep breath, everybody. I, I think the Wild have shown that they can beat the Kings, or not the Kings, they can be, they can beat the Stars. Whoops. Um, they can beat the Stars and win the series. They've won on the road already. They did it game one. So to think that now that the series is 2-2 and we're heading, we're heading back to uh, Dallas, and, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a series where they are just, like, out in the water with no life raft. They can go ahead and get that game, come back home, and set up a, a beautiful homecoming and win the series at home. Um, they just have to really close things down on special teams. That's I and I know that sounds redundant. That's like um, some of these analysts that we watch the game, and it's like, well, you know, if they if they score more goals, they're gonna have a really good chance of winning <laughs> the game. I know that's what I sound like, but it's like I'm watching. I'm like, why is this so bad? You have to. Uh, so yeah, let's uh let's take a deep breath, everybody. We still got at least two more games to go. So I, I think we're in for a pretty good series. At the end of the day, Dex, we're getting some darn good hockey. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, hit that subscribe button too for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, plus Judd's Hack Show, Flagrant Howells. We have uh, covered completely Royce Unchained uh tomorrow as well. So we'll get thoughts from Royce from over the busy Minnesota Sports weekend. Uh, Judd and I will be back on Tuesday night for a post-game edition from Game 5, hopefully talking about potentially uh, the Minnesota Wild, obviously going up 3-2 to two against the Dallas Stars. We'll have Bentline ready to rock for you. Appreciate everyone watching and hanging out. Hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment and Pass Shoot Score.